0: Last week we talked about, could Jesus have controlled where he was
1: born? This week we're going to look at, is it possible for Jesus to have controlled who his family was, the lineage that he came from? That's what the topic is going to be today on Christ, Culture Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the
0: culture through biblical, critical thinking. Your hosts for this podcast are Robbie Lashua and Tyler Hurley. Robbie is Pastor of Apologetics at Desert Springs Community Church,
1: as well as Professor of Apologetics, Worldview, and Ethics at Mission Bible Institute. He is a graduate of Phoenix Seminary, as well as a graduate of the Master's in Christian Apologetics program at Biola University. Tyler is currently earning his undergraduate degree in Theology at Grand Canyon University, and currently serves as an Apologetics intern at Desert Springs Community Church.
0: Hello again. You are listening to Christ Culture and Coffee, and I'm Tyler here with Robbie. Hi, I'm Robbie. Good to be back. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, so, we're continuing again today with our Christmas series. And uh, obviously, we already mentioned before that last week we talked about uh, just basically Jesus' birth prophecy and how he can't, c- couldn't have controlled that in any way. Uh, And just uh, if you want to learn more about that, you could go back uh, to last week's podcast and uh, get all caught up on this um, series that we're going through. But uh, for today, we are going to be talking about uh, new prophecy in this series. But before we get into that... Uh Robbie here has a new coffee tip, I believe, from a fan who wrote us in about a way to drink healthier coffee during the holiday seasons, right? Yes,
1: yes. And um, actually, Tyler, you know this lady who, who gave us this coffee tip. Um, we've oh, had, right. You had an interesting experience with her, and I think we should share that with our listeners because it's really funny. Um, but the coffee tip that we have comes from Brenda. So, Brenda, you have won yourself the elusive— exclusive, beautiful Christ Culture and Coffee, coffee mug. So I'll, I will be giving that congratulations. to you at church on Sunday. Yeah, congratulations, Brenda. Um, but this is what her tip was. She wrote in uh, and she talked about how, um, you know, there's a lot of unhealthy stuff that you can put in your coffee. Right, I mean, ha- drinking half and half all the time, or all the sugar from the syrups, or the you know the chocolate or whatever. It can be pretty unhealthy. And this time of year, man, um, we're we're eating and drinking a lot of unhealthy stuff, right? Right? I mean, that's yep. just where we're at, Christmas time. So um, now listen, I think you should enjoy Christmas season, but you know when New Year's comes around and you want to make some resolutions, this may help you uh, continue in your coffee drinking uh, but also be a little bit healthier. So Brenda said there's actually these uh, stevia drops. Now, for those of you who don't know what stevia is, it's a natural sweetener that they get from the stevia plant. And um, I don't like it because... Um, the the packets of it it's it's kind of like a it looks like yeah. a little sweet and low packet packet you know yeah that's um, really, that's that's right yeah but so it, it's it's not chemicals like sweet and low it's actually natural but um it always has like this bitter taste the powder at the end. But I heard yeah. these stevia drops do not have that bitter taste, uh, and if that's the case, I bet they they're amazing because it is a pretty nice tasting sweetness. Um, so I'm going to check them out myself. But they they actually make these in different flavors. I mean, you can get like almond, vanilla, you know, toffee, all the kinds of flavors you could get in regular traditional syrups you can get in these stevia drops. So you can get them at Sprouts. You can get them at Amazon. So I'd encourage you guys go get a bottle of your favorite flavor. Try it. Out and let us know what you think because uh, there are no calories at all in the stevia wow. drops. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a really healthy option. So I think that that's a pretty cool tip, especially with uh, New Year's resolutions coming <laughs> yeah. coming pretty soon. But Brenda, thank you so much for that tip. Um, now Tyler. Yeah. You know Brenda because she goes to our church here.
0: I'm trying um, to think.
1: I rem- remember there was a couple of weeks ago where a lady and it was it was this lady Brenda. She came up to you and she said, "Hey, do you listen to Robbie's podcast?" Oh, that's you remember yes. this? Yes. <laughs> I remember because I told you about that. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this is so, the same person. So tell us a little bit about what happened. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> that's actually that's really funny. Uh, I didn't realize that that was that makes sense cuz I remember now her name was Brenda. That's yep. right. Okay. Well uh just to, that's really funny um, uh, just to, to give you a little recap of what happened so I, I was standing outside a, of a church after Sunday. We were just standing out in the uh, um, uh, just in the courtyard area and then um, uh, she came up to th- this lady came up to me and a couple of my friends that were staying there she just asked she's like, do any of you uh, work on Robbie's podcast or like do you I mean do you guys know stuff about podcasting at all? And then she, uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I can help you out with what, what's going on. So I, I just helped her. Uh, she just had a question for me about uh, um, <clears throat> just – uh, having issues with downloading and uh, streaming mm-hmm. certain podcast apps, so uh, I was just uh, walking her through that. But then, what was interesting was um, she didn't realize until the very end of our conversation. She asked me my name was like Tyler. Uh, I was like, "Yeah, my name's Tyler." And she realized she's like, "Oh, you're you're on the podcast." I didn't realize. <laughs>
1: that. Yeah, that was
0: that was kind of funny. And That I is mean, funny. Yeah. Well,
1: here's the deal, folks. Uh, not only do we record the podcast, but if you're having trouble figuring out how to listen to it on your phone. We can yeah. help with that too. Yes, we can. Yeah, yeah just we're, come we're, on in, and we'll show you how to do it. We've but. got it all covered. So here, down. <laughs> yeah, here Brenda, she's Christ an awesome lady, coffee. man. She's been she's been really encouraging about the podcast. She listens to every episode. She was oh, even yeah. telling me um, that you know she was out eating uh, on the other side of town at a restaurant, and she's like giving our cards away to like to her waiters and waitresses. Um, she's a real advocate of our oh, podcast. That's podcasts, cool. Which well, awesome, that makes so.
0: sense. She was even telling me about uh, um, other podcasts and stuff when mm-hmm. we were talking to them. Um,
1: uh, she seems really passionate about. it.
0: She, she is, it seems man. Like she's, she's such a great to a lady. Them, so she's that's cool.
1: so kind, and yeah, just really encouraging about this. Yeah, so. and I, I mean, it's cool
0: too, just uh, knowing we have uh, fans out there like uh, like Brenda, who uh, like are really passionate about the podcast mm-hmm. and excited about it. I mean, uh, it's crazy. Like like I even went with you to uh, um, one of the classes that you taught like last just this past semester. Yeah. And uh, um, there were people who I'd never met before, but they recognized my voice and they <laughs> just knew, yeah. knew who I was. And <laughs> that, I was like, oh, this, this is kind of weird. It's it was like creepy, I was famous yeah. or something for a second. But yep. but that was funny. But it it's is. cool, yeah.
1: It is cool. Well, Brenda, thank you so much yep, for your thank coffee you. tip. Thank you so much for being an advocate of our show. We really do appreciate that. And now you have got yourself one yes. of our mugs. So that's yes. awesome. hope you enjoy that mug. Yep, if They're any of you cool. out there want one of these mugs, we've still got some left. And we need some more coffee tips. So please email me your coffee tips and... And uh, if we use it on the air, we'll send you out a mug. So yes, thanks please. so much again, so, Brenda. Yep. And so uh,
0: we're just going to get ju- uh, jumping right into the material now. And so at this point, uh, before we get started we about this p- next prophecy, uh, I was just going to read through really quick these three uh, quick little rules that we came up in standards and criteria that we have for... Um, just for the measuring, wh- how we are measuring the prophecy against Jesus and how mm-hmm. it's accurate and how we can trust it, basically. So, uh, um, the first point, the uh, rule that we wanted to point out was that. Jesus did not manipulate his situation to fulfill prophecy.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal because, yeah. some, you know, a lot of skeptics will say, well, he, he just read about himself in the Old Testament or he read about, you know, this right. prophesied person and decided he would start going around fulfilling all the things said about him, which, I mean, yeah. I could see that with, you know, certain things like he did ride a donkey into town. Right, we were um, talking about that. Yeah, he did, he did some stuff like that. Um, and, and it would be easy for me to prophesy and say, tomorrow I'm going to, you know, drive to this specific coffee shop, and then I could just do it, right? Yeah. So is that a prophecy? Well, no, no. No, it's just me telling you what I'm planning on doing tomorrow, but Yeah, right? but the
0: difference with this is here is you see, like, Jesus, he obviously—yeah, like, of course, there's some prophecies that he did. He very likely self-fulfilled, but that's also because— Uh, he knew that he was the one who was destined to fulfill them.
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely. I just think that, you know, the skeptic will say any man could have done that. And I'd say, yes, any man could have done some of those, but any man couldn't have done all of them. No, And those are the ones we want to focus on because they're the most strong evidence for the fact that Jesus is the prophesied Messiah. So we definitely, yeah, the the first rule is that he didn't manipulate these prophecies we're talking about in order to fulfill them.
0: Yeah, so that's why we wanted to establish that as the first uh, criteria. So the second one that we have here, though, is uh, that the Old Testament prophecies did, in fact— predate his fulfillment of them that's really important to know that is
1: important because if like let's say you know um, the gospel writers were making up these prophecies mm-hmm. and then saying yeah and this guy fulfilled them well wait a second now he didn't you you're you're creating fake stories right yeah. um, so how can we know for sure that what Isaiah wrote yeah he actually did write and it existed prior to Jesus. Or, or better
0: yet, even, like, it's crazy to think, too, that we... I mean, we even talked about this last week with the Micah two fragment that we have. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy to even think that uh, we have any form of manuscript that, that predates him physically, yep. too, like, and we have those, and that's, that's verifiable evidence, because it's crazy to think... It might even—I'll admit, it might even be a bit, like, even slightly harder to believe if we didn't have any physical manuscripts that predated Jesus.
1: Yeah, that would be tough. But, yeah. but we do have physical manuscripts that have these prophecies on them that predate him. So it can't be something that the New Testament writers for. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: like, that's evidence. So yeah. I think that's, a, that's really important to point out. So that's good. And then um, for the third one, we have here— um, um, just wanted to point out that the fulfillment of these prophecies could not be mere coincidence.
1: Yeah, and that's big because—and we're, and we're going to talk about—we're going to give like a, a statistical analogy, I guess it's at the end yeah, of the, yeah. the podcast on the Save likelihood, the best last. Yeah, the likelihood <laughs> of Jesus being able to do these things. But, um, you know, some people can be good guessers about the future, um, but being a good guesser three hundred to three hundred and fifty times that all worked specifically in one guy, that's beyond good guessing. Yeah, and they all they all work together too and like like yes, in such deep in really and intricate, intricate ways. ways. Yeah. So the probability of that happening is is a mathematical impossibility. Um, and so I think these three rules are are good for us to be able to show people who are skeptical about Jesus that hey God's trying to get your attention yeah, <laughs> with telling you the future decades and decades before it occurred. So, yep. Well, mm-hmm. and, that's, and that takes us to, with those three rules in mind, that takes us to the prophecy for today. So the prophecy we want to talk about comes from the book of Isaiah, and it's in chapters 9, 6 through 7. Nine, chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. And I, I'm going to go ahead and read that. Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us Now mm-hmm. I think this is a really common prophecy especially around Christmas time right we talk about this oh, yeah, the prince yeah. of peace right the wonderful counselor but this is really interesting that Isaiah said there's going to be this child born to us and his name's going to be called mighty god and eternal father yeah we were what would what that. would people at the time of this writing think that meant Well it- the only th-
0: interpretation you can get of that uh, predating Jesus, which you you would have to think God is going to be born as a human.
1: Yeah. I mean, that seems like you can't call people mighty God or eternal no. father. Nobody's eternal except for God. So it does seem to indicate that God is going to uh, come here and be born as a child. Yeah. Right? No, and no, this I seems think, really odd. I think, but of that course, like
0: yeah, and I think, of course, reading this, like they probably still, uh, since this is like uh, like around the time when this prophecy was first coming forward of like the like more in the Jewish culture, uh, when you're thinking about like this these kind of details uh, that we find in Isaiah, um, I'm sure it was probably a little more difficult for people to maybe even get the concept of son of God and the Trinity, but I mean, they at least had an idea of, wait, God's going to come down, and he's going to be born in the flesh, and we will call him God. Yeah. Like, that's Mighty that's really God, significant. eternal
1: Father, Prince of Peace. Yeah, a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, um, what we want to hone in on uh, is this, this second portion that talks about how on the throne of David and over his kingdom uh, there will be peace. So, so this person coming, this child born who's going to be called mighty God and eternal father, uh, is going to sit on the Davidic throne, the throne of David. So, so in order to do that, he actually has to be a descendant. Of David. And this actually, uh, this, this passage in Isaiah is, is talking about a promise that God had made to David uh, long, long before um, Isaiah wrote this down. And that was a promise that he made to David about his, his throne and his kingdom being established forever. Mm, and so we right. can look to uh, this passage in 2 Samuel 7 and uh, see the promise that God made to David.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so uh, let me just go ahead and read through that then real quick. Uh, so, we, uh, so in 2 Samuel 7, uh, we got 12 through 13, it says, uh, I'll just read through it. It's uh, the Davidic covenant of when it says, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. And he is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever."
1: All right. So this is interesting. Th- there's a promise that David's own flesh and blood will be established on the throne and that kingdom will be forever. You see, this is what uh, Isaiah is referring to when he says on the throne of David and over his kingdom. Um, that's, that's what's going to happen. But the problem is after um, the kings of Israel were taken into captivity, you know, in, in 586 by the Babylonians, that's, that's over. So a kingdom forever, who is that? Well, we know that that Jesus is a descendant of David, right? And he's going to be the one to sit on the throne, and he's going to be the one that will fulfill this this promise to David and this prophecy from Isaiah. So the, the prophecy from Isaiah is important because it's honing in on the fact that this person coming is going to be a descendant of David to fulfill the promise that God made to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. Right, yeah. But then we run into a problem, mm-hmm. uh, a big problem, and again, I'm I'm super nerdy and I like studying these things, <laughs> um, but I hope what we talk about next will be really encouraging and enlightening to you about how um, specific God is in his promises um, and also in his curses.
0: Yeah, this, this blew me away too, because uh, Robbie and I were just talking about, I, I just found this out today, like this was new information to me. I didn't realize that uh, this this had been uh, <laughs> this had been there for a while, and people have known <laughs> about this. It's, it's just crazy. Like the more you learn about Scripture, and I'm I, I'm hoping that this next portion will really encourage you, uh, listeners out there, for. Something new around Christmas season.
1: Yep, absolutely. So the 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 problem that we run into is when we get to Jesus' genealogy in Matthew chapter one. Um, Matthew one one through seventeen lists Jesus' genealogy, and the reason for this is because it's important you show that he's from the line of David, because that's who the Messiah. Well, supposed yeah. To come otherwise, from, he's right? not. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, he can't be the Messiah. So um, when you look at uh, the genealogies, there's there's only two places that record Jesus' genealogies. Uh, Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 3. And in Matthew's recording of the genealogy, he starts with Abraham – and then he proceeds all the way down to Jesus. That's, that's the order. He goes from Abraham, and he had a son, Isaac, and Isaac had a son, Jacob, all the way down to Jesus. Um, and so we see a couple of important things through this genealogy, um, like when we get to Matthew 1, verse 6. Tyler, can you read that for us, Matthew 1, 6? Yeah, of course. Uh, so Matthew 1, 6, uh, it says, Jesse was the
0: father of David the king. David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba
1: who had been the wife of Uriah. Perfect. So th- there we see that okay, David is in this genealogy of Jesus, mm-hmm. which is really important because God promised that he would he have would come from his, his lineage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have a problem though. So David has a son, Solomon, right? And then the mm-hmm. rest of the genealogy goes from Solomon to his son, to his son's son, to his son's son. And these are all kings of Judah in Israel's history. Right, yeah. And then we get down to, to verse 11. Can you read verse 11?
0: Yeah, of course. So we got in verse 11, uh, it says, Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to
1: Babylon. Okay, this is where we come into a huge problem. Jeconiah. Now, again, I, I don't think um, many of our listeners contemplate and think about Jeconiah very often. I don't think of him <laughs> very much right? you now, right? Jeconiah. Who is Jeconiah, and why is he a problem for the genealogy of Jesus? Well, that's what we want to talk a little bit about. Who is this Jeconiah guy? Well, he was the last king of Judah— before uh, Babylon came in and deported Judah and just ransacked the place uh, and and took them over. Uh, he was the king uh, between 598 and 597. Mm. Uh, he was the son of Jehoiakim. Um, and uh, he he wasn't a good king. Um, you, if you remember at this time in Israel's history, Jeremiah the prophet's around, and he keeps saying, we got to turn back to God, we got to right. turn back to God. What are you doing? Why are you worshiping idols? Turn back to God, uh, or or Babylon's going to come and take us over, right? That's Jeremiah's message. Well, it was right. during um, uh, Jeconiah's reign that, that that happened, that Babylon came in and took them over and deported them, And um, that was the end of of Judah until uh, God restored the kingdom uh, under the Persian Empire with with Ezra and Nehemiah. Mm, But Jeconiah was a bad king. Um, Babylon took them over. They plundered the palace. They plundered the temple, right? That was the first temple, the one that Solomon built. Um, And Jeconiah and his family were taken back to Babylon to live in exile. So God wasn't happy with Jeconiah, yeah. right? Uh, he actually has a couple of names. Sometimes he's called uh, Je- Jehoiachin. Sometimes he's called Coniah. Sometimes he's called Jeconiah, but it's all the same guy. And there's actually a prophecy of Jeremiah that curses Jeconiah because of his treachery. Yeah. And this is where the problem comes in. So um, it's in Jeremiah 22, uh, verses 24 through 30. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read that uh, just so you can, you can hear the curse of Jeconiah. Mm. Jeremiah 22, 24 through 30 says, As I live, declares the Lord, even though Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, so that's Jeconiah, Coniah, uh, although Coniah, the, the, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, yet I would pull you off. And I will give you over into the hand of those who are seeking your life. Yes, into the hand of those whom you dread, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. I will hurl you and your mother who bore you into another country where you were not born, and there you will die. But as for the land to which they desire to return, they will not return to it. Is this man, Coniah, a despised, shattered jar, or is he an undesirable vessel? Hmm. Why have he and his descendants been hurled out and cast into a land that they had not known? Oh, land, 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 hear the word of the Lord. And now here's the curse. You ready? Thus says the Lord, write this man down childless, a man who will not prosper in his days. For no man of his descendants will prosper sitting on the throne of David or ruling again in Judah. Wow. Whoa. Wait a second. What is this curse? Write him down childless. None of his descendants will prosper. None of his descendants will sit on on the the throne throne of of David. None of them will rule again in Judah wait a second, this is a bad, bad deal for us because Jesus is an ancestor of Jeconiah. Right, so So, that would
0: imply either God lied in in this curse or it would imply that Jesus wasn't the Messiah.
1: Exactly. And that is an argument that a lot of uh, Jewish people bring against Christianity is saying, listen, Jesus can't be the Messiah because none of Jeconiah's descendants are legitimate heirs to the throne. Wow. So what is going on here? This This is kind of... I mean, does that freak you out a little bit? It's a little, well, yeah. That's crazy, isn't Wait, it? Because you don't, Matthew yeah. not Know that? Did Matthew not know about the curse of Jeconiah? So, how do we reconcile this? You know what's what's going on here? Uh, and before you panic and before you get too worried, um, I think that there is a is a pretty um, easy explanation to this. That's kind of uh, amazing at the same time. Hmm. When when again we go back to the genealogies of Jesus, Matthew records that Jeconiah is in Jesus' lineage. But when you look at the genealogies in Luke, Jeconiah isn't mentioned anywhere. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Right. Actually, if you compare the genealogies of of Matthew and Luke, there are a ton of different names listed in both genealogies. From the time of David on, uh, Matthew records the genealogy through Solomon but Luke records the genealogy through David's son, Nathan, so what's going mm-hmm. on here? Who, who did somebody mess up? Was there you know some some uh disagreement in the genealogy record books that they were referring to like how How does this make sense? Right? Well, people have wrestled over this for a while, and um there's a consensus from a lot of Christians that what's going on here is that Matthew is giving the genealogy of Jesus' legal heritage, which would come down through his stepdad, Joseph, right? Right. Jesus is born of a virgin, so Joseph's not his real dad. There's no bloodline there at all with Joseph, but he's his legal dad. And so legally, in Matthew, he's recording through Joseph and his lineage, but Luke—and we talked a little bit about this last week— Luke especially being a doctor, a physician, right? Right. He's recording Jesus' physical lineage through Mary. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Now, what's interesting is both of them are related to David on the
0: legal side so that's, and on the physical side. So that's side. fascinating because you got to think, either way, even though Joseph
1: is his stepdad, yep, him legally being of the throne of David is very important. It is important, and it's important that he was. I mean, if you think about going to last week's podcast, it's important that Joseph is from the lineage of David because that's why he had to go back to Bethlehem. Yeah, right. I mean, so it's it's kind of a big deal, actually. Yeah, that's to, evident mm-hmm. that he's related to to him. But Jeconiah isn't in the lineage of Mary because that doesn't go through Solomon, uh, David's son. It goes through Nathan, David's son.
0: So right. this
1: is really interesting. What what is happening here? Well, there's a, there's a curse on Jeconiah yes. that he, his, his heirs, his descendants, will not sit on the throne. There's a promise to David that his flesh and blood will sit on the throne forever. And it, does say, and it both, does say that, flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. And both of those get fulfilled in Jesus because Jeconiah has no blood relation to Jesus because Joseph, the descendant of Jeconiah, isn't really Jesus' physical father. Mm, yeah. Mary's not related to Jeconiah, so the curse on Jeconiah still stands because Jesus isn't blood related to him He's in not. any physical way, and so no heirs of Jeconiah's did sit on the throne, and because Jesus isn't an heir of his physically. Yeah. That's how we can reconcile this. And I think that is such a specific prophecy because what you've got going on is a promise of God to David in 2 Samuel, then this prophecy of Isaiah that we're talking about today. Yeah. And you have to throw in, though, well, what about this thing with the curse of Jeconiah? But it all makes sense. But then you got to think, too,
0: like, so then you wonder, uh, I think you would even ask a question is why would the gospel writers still want to include Jeconiah on this, yeah. history,
1: right? Well, it's not like they didn't know the history. Well, they, yeah, of they, course, they knew Jewish history better than we know it. They yeah. knew the Old Testament yeah. inside and out. So they you knew think, the curse They obviously
0: knew that there was a curse. So, uh, so when, why, so if you were putting yourself in their shoes and you're thinking, yeah, there's a curse that anyone of his lineage will n- not sit on the throne of David, but maybe. Just maybe that that the disciples saw that this is what was happening, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Wow, that's crazy! That's another fulfillment of God's promises." Yeah, His let's promise to David,
1: this... His cursed promise to Jeconiah. Yeah,
0: let's put this prophecy of Isaiah. Let's put this in scripture
1: in the genealogy. Let's write this and down so other people can understand and show them. Yeah. Yep, and I think it's I think it's evident too that Matthew's. Matthew knows Joseph isn't Jesus' dad because of what right. he says in Matthew 1, verse 16. Um, he's going through the genealogies. He, he finally gets to Joseph. He says, uh, Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, by whom Jesus was born, who is called the Messiah. And he's, he doesn't say Joseph is Jesus' father. He's no. going the father of, the father of, the father of. He doesn't say Jesus or Joseph was the father of Jesus. He says, Jacob was the father of Joseph who was the husband of Mary, by whom, meaning Mary, Jesus was born, who's called the Messiah. So he knows that Joseph isn't uh, his dad, and actually Luke even knows this. Um, In Luke 3, verse 23, when he starts the genealogy, he says when he began his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years of age being as was supposed, the son of Joseph. Mm, yeah, he he wasn't, but that's you know that's who people thought his dad was because that's the house he grew up in. But but he was born. That's of why a he virgin. said being as supposed. Yeah, being as supposed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that this is fascinating. The genealogy of Luke is Mary's lineage, physical lineage of Jesus. Yeah, the genealogy wow. of Joseph is his legal lineage, with Joseph being his you know dad, his his adopted dad. Yeah, that's just so crazy. And so, so
0: think about this too, that just the mere miracle of I mean not miracle but just the fact of the um the prophecy that took place is just astounding yeah, just it's like think,
1: prophecy on top of prophecy on top of prophecy right yeah because you gotiah David Isaiah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and you got to think of how how integrated that is and like how important and honestly you gotta I, I think that this is important for us to know that yes. this is what happened it's really important because uh, for for us to realize and see the way that God was working behind the scenes with the lineage of Joseph even like mm-hmm. that's just astounding to realize that that uh, so Jesus is still legally in the house of David, as well as biologically, mm-hmm. and on top of that, he the part of the house of David, the lineage that he's not biologically a part of, mm-hmm. that's also a prophecy in itself that he would not be biologically a part of that lineage. Yeah,
1: and you can almost look at the the genealogy of Joseph in in Matthew of, J- of Jesus through yeah. through his stepdad Joseph being kind of like a backdoor prophecy to the virgin birth. Yeah, it's so showing crazy. he couldn't come from this physically because Jeconiah is in the list. Yeah. Therefore, what does that imply? (laughs) What the Bible says, that Jesus was born of a virgin.
0: And then again, just like real briefly, like I was just going to quickly mention too again, the fact that... Uh, that how well that this lines up with the three criteria that we pulled up. Like, I, yes. like there's no way that Jesus could have manipulated this situation. No, no you can't manipulate uh, manipulate
1: who you're related to.
0: Yeah, or who your parents or are, lineage. or anything. You can't. You can't. And then uh, the Old Testament
1: prophecies did, in fact, predate this fulfillment. Well, and that's what we want to get into next. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do we know this prophecy from Isaiah predated? Jesus being born? Right, right. Did, so let's get did into Matthew that. Matthew and Luke, yes. did they make this up, or is it actually something that was around before? Yes, yes. Well, we know, again, that it was around before, and this this comes to us uh, from the Dead Sea Scrolls. So Isaiah the prophet, he, he lived um, and wrote uh, between 740 and 700 BC, all right? So the 8th century BC. Um, mm-hmm. We don't have his original writings, Oh, right. We just don't. Well, <laughs> They're <yeah>. gone. <laughs> I mean, That was but, a long time ago. But we have so. copies of his writings, right? And, and the oldest copy we have comes from the Dead Sea Scrolls when they discovered that ancient library in those caves at Qumran. Yeah, we talked uh, about 40s. that last week. Yeah, when mm-hmm. they discovered it, um, there was this, this scroll. It's called the Great Isaiah Scroll because it's the book of Isaiah on a scroll. And this scroll dates to 125 B.C., Meaning 125 years before Jesus was born, we for sure know this prophecy was around because we have manuscript that's older than Jesus. And that you can hold physically in your hands today. Actually, if you you go to the show notes, I'll put a link to the digital library where you can look at the Great Isaiah Scroll. And this passage from Isaiah 9 is in the Great Isaiah Scroll. Yeah, and I, I... It's crazy too, because I, I know they preserve
0: it, but don't they even have it on display? Like every now and then, a couple times a year.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think so. I think I think you can go to different museums and see different parts of the Dead Sea Scrolls. I don't know. I don't know exactly where and when, but yeah, I know right, you right, can. right. Yeah, yeah. But you that's can go fascinating. See it.
0: Like we can go and see these. Like today, it's like it's
1: crazy. Like we have them physically. Yep. So again, Jesus couldn't manipulate it. No. And this prophecy for sure predates his birth by 125 years because we have verifiable scientific evidence to the fact in this manuscript called so, the Great Isaiah Scroll.
0: That just that just leaves us to answer the third point then of could this have just been a mere coincidence?
1: Well, and that's where it gets interesting because th- think about this. Coincidence. Coincidence being, I promise you, David, you'll have a descendant who forever sits on your mm. throne. Jeconiah's line is is not where it's going to come from, right? Um, Then you get the two genealogies in Matthew. You get Jesus as the fulfillment legally, but more importantly physically, because you have to have him physically, not of Jeconiah, but still through David in order to fulfill the promises of God, right? Yeah. Um, and, but but not only—this th- isn't the only prophecy that Jesus fulfilled, right? It, then then let's take just last week's prophecy and throw it on top of there. And he had to be born in a real specific place, in Bethlehem. Not just any Bethlehem, but Beth- bethlehem Ephrathah, right? Mm-hmm. The one that everyone knew where it was down in Jerusalem, not the one in Zebulun up north. So just those two prophecies together, being fulfilled in one guy, seems really— Difficult to do. So so being coincidence means, oh, if there was somebody who was a good guesser, you don't guess that specific, <laughs> right? Like that's really hard to guess that specifically. There's actually um, a, a professor, his name is Peter W. Stoner, and he wrote this book that's called Science Speaks. Um, in his third chapter of this book, he looks at the probability of one man being able to fulfill eight of the prophecies from the Old Testament. Mm. So just eight, okay? Only eight, not what is the probability? The other ones. Yeah, not all the other ones. What's the probability of somebody, of one man, being able to fulfill eight prophecies from the Old Testament? And he he did his t- statistical analysis, right? And he showed that the probability of this happening would be one. In, and I don't know how to say this number, uh, 10 to the 17th power. That's uh, the probability yeah. of somebody fulfilling eight of these prophecies. One in 10 to the 17th power. Now here's the, here, here's the analogy he gives, and this is just mind-boggling. He said, this is how you could explain the probability of this. Imagine that the state of Texas was covered with uh, 10 to the 17th power silver dollars. So, again, okay, well, what does that look like? He said that that amount of silver dollars would cover the entire state two feet deep. Okay, so Texas is a big state. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) wow. Covered in silver dollars two feet deep, the entire state. Then he said, let's say that one of the silver dollars was painted green on one side, and then we just threw it into the state of Texas and mixed it up with (laughs) all the other silver dollars. <clears throat> the probability oh. of Jesus fulfilling eight prophecies from the Old Testament, only be, eight, only eight would be the same as a blindfolded man being set loose in the state of Texas and on his first try picking up the silver dollar that had the one green side. Texas is a big state. Texas. That's a big state. <laughs> and so it, it reminds me of that that scene from Dumb and Dumber where, you know, he says, what are my chances? One in a thousand? And she says, more like one in a million. So and you're he says, saying there's a chance. Yep. so you're saying. saying there's a chance. <laughs> one in <laughs> 10 to the 17th power, silver dollars covering <laughs> Texas. So there's <laughs> still a chance. Yeah, some, right? Some yeah. Oh yeah, technology. this totally could happen. It's just, it's not God. It's just, come on. That is so improbable. And now again... That's just eight prophecies being fulfilled by one guy, and there's somewhere between 300 to 350 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled in his first coming to earth. Wow, yeah. that It's almost as if God's screaming at us with evidence, hey, listen to me, hey, pay attention to this guy, hey, this is a significant event in human history. It's as if he wants us to know, but— again people can easily ignore it that's the that's the thing they do easily ignore it they don't look at the evidence and the improbability of Jesus being able to fulfill these types of prophecies so yeah. I don't think it can be coincidence no. uh, it's mathematically impossible to be a coincidence uh, so those are some reasons uh, that I think Jesus is legit Wow yeah <laughs> I really think that he is who he said he is no considering kidding. this evidence um, man. He, I think he's that, telling us that yeah. something significant happening with him. Yeah, and I, I think
0: we really covered the uh, three criteria that we listed here. I mean, it's obvious that through what we talked about, again, like just reviewing quick, through what we talked about, he, there's no way that he could have manipulated this situation. You can't
1: manipulate who you're related to.
0: Yeah, you can't do Don't that. Don't you
1: wish you could sometimes?
0: I wish sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but you can yep. Yeah, right. And, so <laughs> and, then, um, uh, and then you got the second one, the Old Testament prophecies... Did in fact predate his fulfillment. We have verifiable evidence, Isaiah scroll, right? Yep.
1: It's it's it's, it's proven. You can't doubt it. Easy Even if you want to. Easy. You
0: can't. Done. Yep. And so then the last one that we just confirmed is that the fulfillment of these prophecy prophecies could not just merely be a coincidence because we only covered eight. That's the thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, we only we're like eight of the eight prophecies with the probability. Yeah, so what are the chances of somebody fulfilling eight of these? It it can't be a coincidence. And then if you take into account like the prophecy for today, with underneath the prophecy about the Davidic line, there's all those other things that come into being with right yeah. flesh and blood through David, but it can't be through Jeconiah. I mean, there's all these like caveats. And then to not it.
0: to mention, I mean, just I know we already brought this up last week, but I mean, just the fact, the mere fact that he was it was prophesied where he'd be born, like. Mm-hmm.
1: You can't, you just, you can't, can't manipulate that. No, no, nope, nope, can't. I think Jesus really is the Messiah. I think he yeah. fulfilled the prophecies that were stated about him. I think every argument brought against him being the Messiah is um, is completely... Uh, disprovable. I don't think there's any good yeah, argument not, that you can bring against, even this Jeconiah no. one, right?
0: And I, that was pretty good, because honestly, that raises the question. If if he really did have that curse, and Jesus came from his lineage, then yeah, but, but he doesn't. He, he doesn't, doesn't have that curse, yep. yeah?
1: He doesn't, because of the virgin birth. And that's what we're going to talk about next week: the prophecy from Isaiah about Jesus being born of a virgin. And this right. one is, yeah. um, man, I think it's 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 such a cool evidence for how God's in control of history. Yeah. So don't I'm miss next week. That. Definitely join us. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really fun one. Yeah. And so, uh,
0: thank you again, though, for listening to this podcast. Uh, just something that we wanted to remind you guys. I hope this encouraged you because mm-hmm. uh, um, we uh, our goal of this podcast is to. Uh, Equip Christians Christians to be confident in their faith and to be uh, just well equipped in their faith as well, and just yes. think through. Hey, like uh, like, how can we? better deal with these situations of prophecy and like the coming of Jesus and who he was at his birth. These are all really important questions. And, uh, I hope that, uh, you, you can go ahead and be encouraged by this podcast. Uh, take the thing, the tips that we've given you here, uh, all the, it, um, knowledge that we've shared on this podcast and share it with your neighbors, share it with family at Christmas time at gatherings. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, great, uh, opportunity to bring up the true meaning of Christmas by, uh, who Jesus is and why we're celebrating it. And then, uh, Kind of use that as a segue to talk about prophecies and uh, push your family a little bit yeah. because that's what we're
1: called to do. That is what we're called to do because the truth is Jesus came here and he proved he was who he said he was through the prophecies and through his miracles. But the reason he says he did it is because he loves us. right? The reason he said he did it is because God loves us and he wanted to come. And so our friends, family, and neighbors need to know that God loves them. Yeah, take that message of hope, take that message of immense love, of divine love to the people around you this Christmas season and share the greatest news that's ever. Been, been given to humans, the greatest news that's ever fallen on human ears, that Jesus loves us and that he sacrificed himself to die in our place so that we can be reconciled with God and have hope after death. Absolutely, that is, yes. That is what we're about, and that is why, why we do this. We want you to be ready with good reasons to be able to defend your faith and to share the gospel with others. Yes.
0: Oh, thank you again for listening, uh, um, please. And then uh, if you guys end up uh do If you do end up having any uh, big spiritual conversations with friends or family this Christmas season, uh, please go ahead and um, let us know about it. Send it in, and um, maybe we'll even share your story. We can leave it anonymous if we you want, or like we can share it, or, or we can just uh, hear it and be encouraged by it. Uh, but we love to hear uh, um, how our, our podcast is being used to encourage you or uh, to help other people uh, in their walk along with their faith. So uh, please share that with us. We would love to hear back uh, stories from from you guys as well. And
1: the other thing is, if you can't, you know, I, I know sometimes it's like, how do I remember all this information? How do I, you know, are people, because mm. I know a lot of you commute while you listen yeah, to the right. So I hope you're not trying to write down <laughs> notes to yourself yeah. while you're yeah. driving down the freeway. But share the podcast with your friends. Say, hey, would you take a listen to this? And then let's talk about the things those guys said. Yeah, let's, that's let's another press thing you could into do. it. Let's let's make sure it's true. Let's look up these things. Um, because that'd be an easy way to share the truth of Jesus with your friends this holiday season. Just share the podcast podcast right. with them and then have a discussion with them take them out for coffee take them out for lunch or dinner have them over to your house and then talk about the things discussed on
0: yeah and to help make it easier too well uh every time we uh we um bring up something like this like the isaiah scroll with a piece of evidence we try to include the link in the show notes so that way you guys could look it up mm-hmm. and you can see um for yourselves that this is this is actually true and you don't just have to take our words for it definitely so please please share it with uh friends
1: and family this christmas yep. season Join us next week, too, as we talk about the prophecy in Isaiah of Jesus being born of a virgin. You are not going to want to miss it. Thanks so much for being with us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. We hope that you have a great week, and we will be back next week with our third installment of this Christmas series.
0: Yep, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.